0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to Ephesians chapter 5. we We're gonna, Today I want to talk to you about why God loves the church. Why God loves the church. This man was sitting enjoying a cup of coffee at Starbucks and these two large women walked into the coffee shop and he heard, overheard them talking and noticed they had different accents. So he just said... Pardon me. He said, would, would you two ladies happen to be from Ireland? And one of the ladies said, it's Wales, you dumbo. He said, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Would you two Wales happen to be <laughs> from Ireland? <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Hey, all right. Thank you. Well, I can't take credit for that. My dad sent that to me this morning. and I had to pass on that information to you. So let me tell you the joke I told in the first service. No, because it's not as good. And then it... All right. Well, this, this man was, this boy was watching his dad, who was a pastor, write out his sermon. And uh, he says, Dad, how, how do you know what to say? He says, Son, God tells me what to say. He said, Well, how come you have a bunch of stuff crossed out? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. See, should have done the other way around. He, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Let's read this. Husbands. Any husbands here? Any husbands love your wives? Yeah, Should have been a louder amen, okay? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. He loved the church and gave himself for her. Five reasons why God loves the church. One, it's how he adds to his family. Number two, it's how he teaches and trains his family. Number three, he loves the church because it is the epicenter for faith in the earth. He loves the church because this is where people give testimony of his grace and praise his name. And lastly, it's because of the price that he paid for it. Father, we bless you. Thank you for this time now, Lord, in these next few moments with your people. God, I'm so blessed to be pastor of this church Lord and to be connected with such wonderful people thank you for this rich fellowship that we enjoy together Lord as we gather in your presence thank you that your eyes are on this place and your heart is in this place because we're here thank you Father that your word is life to those who find it and it's health to all of their flesh and I pray that your word will do what it will do God it's alive and Lord it's the answer for every dimension of man both spirit soul and body thank you now God, for this time and blessing it. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation now in the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look over a few scriptures today. Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to go to next. Verse 47, it says, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See that? The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The first reason we're going to see why God loves his church is because this is how he adds to his family. You know God wants a big family. Yeah. He wants a really big family and uh, that's why he created man. He wanted a family. Uh, he doesn't have any other plan in the earth for, for adding to his family. He doesn't have any other plan in growing the kingdom. His plan is this, the church. Amen. And, and uh, everywhere that, that these guys went, you can read throughout the book of Acts, that everywhere they went, in missions, especially the Apostle Paul, who made three missionary journeys and traveled to several places, uh, but wherever they went and preached the gospel, they established a church there. All right, they established a body of believers there and added to it. Um, you know, I, I've been to big evangelistic crusades, and I think those are awesome. When someone comes to town and holds a big crusade, I think they're necessary. Uh, you know, telling others one on one about Jesus. You know, our own. Personal testimony to the Lord, to the the people that the Lord puts in our lives, you know, co workers, family, friends, uh, you know, strangers even. But nothing is as grand as the establishment of the church. Just by a show of hands, how many of you here today that are Christians, who are believers, got saved in church? You got saved in church. All right? Let me see your hands real high for a moment. All right? Good. That's the majority of the people. That's where most of it, this happens. That's where most of the adding to the church happens right here yeah. in a setting like this when somebody hears the gospel and believes. Now you can get saved anywhere. I'm just saying the, most of the people, most of the story is it happens where God's word is preached in a church. It is, it is God's best idea to evangelize this world. It's God's best idea to win this world. Amen. Heather and I, you know, men and women, they get married... For for various reasons, you know, Paul. (laughs) I like what Paul says. He says, "Listen, uh, it's better better to marry than to burn with passion." So, um, if that's the reason you need to get married, then do it. All right. So it's not always a, a bad thing to start off with, just to keep yourself having legal sex. We'll say that. Okay. All right. That's 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 a good thing, but. And although that's a wonderful thing uh, to enjoy as part of marriage, but really we're, we get married because we want to build something together, yeah. right? We want to build something. You want to build a family. You want to establish a home. You want to leave a legacy, right? Something to pass down to your children to the next generation or children's children to, to build something. And, uh, and I, I'm blessed to, to be building something with the woman that I am married to. And uh, we continue to build through the years. God has a purpose In his love for the church to take over the world. All right, that's his plan for the church to be who it is in the earth and his body in the earth because he wants to add more and more people to his family. Now, God has this, there is a time when when, all this is going to be closed up for good and, and God is going to. Jesus is going to return and he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. Aren't we looking forward to that day? You know, when he really, when everything really is made new and everything is restored and every every wrong has been righted by him. Every injustice has been turned around. I mean, he's reconciling all things. I thank God for that. He's not leaving anything undone. Um, but, but until then, he, he has us here in the earth to, to win um, this world. And when he Comes, um, he's coming for good. He's coming to show us his people how how we are, or how this is all supposed to work. You know, he's got perfect order to his to his government. He's got perfect order to it, and so he's he's got this. Our our, our idea is to take over there because God wants to add, as I said, to his family. So what is how does God? And only God can reason this. You know, the, the scripture says that the blood of Jesus was shed for all mankind, right? I mean, he, all of us, all of our sins. God, I personally believe that God is filling up his heart with people. The more people come into the kingdom, that he's filling up his heart. As they're being added to uh, the family of God through the church, that he's filling up his heart full of people. And there has to be a time when God says, okay. There are enough people to justify my son dying. None of us can make that decision. That's why Jesus said that's left in the Father's power. Yeah. And doofuses are writing books and setting dates when God's coming back, and gullible Christians. <laughs> it's almost a. Yeah, I know. okay almost a repetitive statement, <laughs> right? They, they go buy these books or he's coming back The him. Okay, he's coming back. You know, None of us knows. That's right. Leave Amen. that to him. Yeah. Only he yeah. can determine when it's enough. Yeah. Only he can determine when he's satisfied with enough people to justify his son's death. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? But until then, aren't you, glad he, aren't you glad he didn't stop before you? Yeah. All right. yeah. Hey, yeah. And there are others he's waiting for. Yes. There are others he's waiting for. And, and God uses the gathering of the church to say something to this world. And that message is he loves people. Yeah. He loves people. Um, let's go over to Acts chapter 11 now. Acts chapter 11. One of the reasons why God loves his church is this is how he adds to his family. Acts chapter 11 and verse 25, it says, uh, Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus. To seek Saul. What happened? Barnabas was sent out by the church at this time to a place called Antioch uh, to see what was going on in it because the gospel was, was getting out. The gospel was, was, had gone past the Jews, and now, is, now Gentiles are coming to the kingdom. That is, people like us. And the first Gentile convert was in the previous chapter a guy by the name of Cornelius, an Italian soldier. And he and all of his house got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they water baptized him. It was just a marvelous experience. And the chapter before that, chapter 9, a guy named Saul, who was actually trying to destroy what was going on in the church and those who were preaching in that name of Jesus, uh, uh, he was trying to get rid of those people, right? I mean, he was dragging them out of their houses, men and women alike, taking them to be bound into prison and trying to stop this revolution that was going on about this resurrected Savior, Well, that all came to a screeching halt in Acts chapter 9 when the Lord, the scripture says that a light shone down from heaven and Saul was thrown off of his beast of burden and that's where Jesus said "Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that's when he had that encounter with Jesus and he was converted to Christianity and never looked back. Two-thirds of the New Testament were written by him. So Barnabas goes to Antioch, and he sees these Gentiles are, are coming to Christ, and so then he goes to Tarsus to find Saul, because he knows that there, this man specifically was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And so he went after him. Verse 26, "...and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people." Say they taught the people. Taught a great many people and the disciples were first called Christians or Christ-like or little Christs in Antioch. The second reason why God loves his church is it's how he teaches and trains his family. See, God brings you to a body of believers where teaching and training is taking place. And we're training people, we're teaching them. Some are being trained up for ministry. Some of you are being trained up to to be empowered to do what you're doing in, in the business world. Um, we just sent out a couple of missionaries. Two weeks ago, last week, Jesse and Mickey to uh, Africa, and uh, this happens here. We train up and we send out, and this is the the primary reason. See, this training and, and teaching is, is the primary reason for God to win your soul. Now, He won your heart whenever you got saved, didn't He? When you heard the gospel and believed, He won your heart. But this is the place in, under teaching where you get your soul trained. That is your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, your attitude, your, all those things come in line with his word. Yeah. All right? So that you can express on the outside what has happened on the inside. So you can live this Christian life. It'll help you in your, the way you know, your walk and talk of life. Because yeah. uh, God's not going to have a family that doesn't look like him yeah. and act like him. He birthed you so you could look like him on the inside and it takes training and teaching to become like him in the way that you live your life. Yeah. And you have to teach your children to say thank you. That's, they just don't naturally do it, do they? Right? You have to train them in these things. How many times did you tell your children, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you like a broken record. Say, say yes, ma'am, say no, ma'am, say yes, sir, say no, sir. Over and over and over and over and over again. Look both ways, look both ways, look both ways, look both ways. Stay awake when you're driving. We'll just move right along. Thank God that you're not saved by how well you perform. Let me tell you this, other people will be. Other people will be saved by how well you perform. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Acts 14, Acts 14. let's look at there, Acts 14 verse 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Let's go over to 16:5. Acts 16:5. It says, so the churches were strengthened or established in faith and increased in number daily. The third reason why God loves his church is it is the epicenter for faith in the earth. Epicenter for faith in the earth. Um, some of you are in school right now. Some of you are actually teaching school. And the teachers, it's not the norm for especially a public school teacher to teach her class to have faith in God. As a matter of fact, it's quite frowned upon these days. Right, and but we have some great teachers, yeah. Mindy, Mindy Farlow, yeah. right, being one of them. We have some great teachers that love God that are in the school system and, and working. And I, I wouldn 't have their job, my gosh. I thank God that, that they're out there doing it. they're out there in the fray every day. They need to be praying for our teachers, but you, know, but it 's not their duty it 's not their their responsibility to tell kids to have faith in God that 's the church's place that 's our place to to teach people. How to live by faith, and uh, and 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 even how many of you here have had a doctor pray for you? Like you've gone to see a doctor and they've they've actually prayed for you and prayed with you. That's a is that an extra blessing or what? To know that this doctor believes God and trusts God and looks to God for help. Um, And uh, years ago, Heather, when she was in her third pregnancy with Dylan. Um, she started having these pains, these really sharp pains. And she was maybe a couple, three months into her pregnancy. And so we went and saw her doctor, Dr. Sutliff, who was a godly man, Christian man, and uh, just a great doctor. And so she went and saw him and, and he did some x-rays on her and found that she had a tumor on her uterus, a fibroid tumor on her uterus. But he told her, he said, you know, I don't think that uh, this, this is really any danger to the baby. Let's just keep things going. I'd rather not operate on you until after you have this baby. Uh, if you can stand it, if you can stand the pain. So she went on a little longer. Well, the pain just grew worse and worse and she was in just a lot of, a lot of turmoil. And so finally we decided, all right, we're going to have this surgery. So at six months pregnant, she went under the knife. And um, I, we really didn't know just how dangerous this surgery was until after it was all over. But Dr. Sutliff later told us the story that he called his wife and asked her to be praying with him for Heather that all of this would go well and that this was a very delicate and dangerous surgery because, you know, um, because of the nature of a fibroid tumor, um, it it has a tendency to lay on and attach itself and then lay, kind of blanket whatever it's attached to. So in a surgery like that, there has to be a lot of cutting away of that tumor and and just a lot of risk in it, especially with a baby there. So uh, and Heather and I, on the other side, we were praying that everything would go smooth and everything would go well. We just put this in God's hands and and thank God for the good doctor we had and knew who knew what he was doing. So um, the, the surgery was supposed to be two hours or something like that. Well, forty five minutes after she goes in the OR, he he comes out and tells me it's over, and I was like, "Wow, that was fast." He said, "Yeah." He said it was a really interesting thing. He said, "I've never seen this before with a fibroid." Uh, tumor. He said the tumor itself. The, he t- told me how they lay a, on whatever they're attached. He said, but this one was different. He said it was all kind of floating out here like this, and there was just a little stalk that was attached to it. He said, so I just went and snipped the stalk, and it was over. Right. Uh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And we had a healthy baby boy, and he's still healthy. the church the gathered ones is the epicenter for faith in the earth it's 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 on us to declare our faith in god and to encourage others to have faith in him because because this is where the word of god is is most richly dispensed in all the earth and we all understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god are you good all right let's go to acts chapter 14 now Verse 27, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. So here they are giving testimony to all the wonderful things of God. The fourth reason why God loves his church is because people it's the place where people give testimony of his grace and give him praise. Hebrews 2.12 says, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. Specifically, this is talking about Jesus. This is Jesus saying, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of this assembly. In the midst of this assembly. See, Jesus goes to church. He goes to church when you're there because he's in you. Amen. And when you come, so does he. Hallelujah. And, and he loves to be in amongst his people. And it's interesting that it says that in the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. In other words, whenever you open your mouth and praise God, that's Jesus in you doing that. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah. Bye. He loves his church because this is where his people give testimony of his grace and praise his wonderful name. Everyone has a unique tongue print. Your tongue print is just as unique as your own fingerprint. Yeah. Uh, and today, just like what's going on here all over this nation and all over the world, and some have already had their church, uh, because uh, you know they're ahead of us. But all over, millions of people are gathered to give praise to God, to give testimony yeah. of That's his right. goodness. But in amongst all those millions, which is made up of individuals, God hears every individual. Because he made you in such a way that your tongue says it a certain way that nobody else can say it. You have your own unique tongue print. And he wants to hear how you express it. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear how you praise. He wants to hear your voice sing. He wants to hear you magnify and talk about his goodness. Hallelujah. He likes to hear from you. David said, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. He recognizes you amongst all those people. I was telling the early service when I was 19, I'd finished a year at that great Bible college, Christ for the Nations. And every year they record a worship album there and you know, and distributed all over the world. And this year, I was really excited to bring my new cassette home and uh, to show Dad the new worship album. So I got there, and it was called "God Rules Over the Nations" or something like that—something nations, probably with "Christ for the Nations." And anyway, so I, I, I told Dad, I said, "The new worship album is—we uh, recorded it." And he's like, "Yeah, that's great. I've heard lots of them." I said, "Yeah, but this one's special." And so I put it in the player, and I'm playing it. And there's you know 1,200 students there singing these songs to God. And, and uh, I said, he goes, well, what makes it special? I said, because I'm on this one. <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah. So we listened for a while. And he said, what, which one are you? I said, I don't know, but I'm one of them. I'm in that mix somewhere. Uh, well, not even I could, could, could hear my own voice in that crowd, but God could. God can hear your voice. Amongst the masses, he hears your voice, and he loves and wants to hear from you. Amen. You know what? Let's just do that. Can we just just open up our mouths right now and thank him? Let's just offer up some thanksgiving to him. Praise him. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just give testimony to his goodness in your life. Thank him for where you are. Thank him that he's kept you from, from evil. Thank you that he's kept you from dangers. He's kept you alive. He's given you health and your body. Thank right. him that you live in the United States of America. Hallelujah. Right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the freedom that we enjoy today. Thank you for this gathering that we can come to this place and worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you saved us and called us your very own. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That you loved us before we ever even knew who you were. Before we we ever even looked to you, you loved us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It's where people give testimony of his grace and praise his name. Acts chapter 20. I'm going to one last scripture. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves. This is Paul is talking to, he's about to leave, and he's talking to the elders at this Ephesian church. He's charging them here. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd or to feed the church of God. That's not a denomination. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. God purchased with his own blood. This is one of those scriptures that helps us remember that Jesus is not only man but he's God. When did God have blood? When he became a man. And It says God purchased us with his own blood. The fifth reason why God loves his church is because of the price that he paid for it. In this great country of ours, though imperfect, especially when it comes to our government, I'll, let me just tell you that your, your stellar government spends two cents to make a penny. Your stellar government spends 10 cents to make a nickel. Last year, 2015, on pennies and nickels, we spent $100 million to make $50 million. I didn't think you'd applaud there. <laughs> and it's going to happen again this year. Pennies and nickels. Now, I didn't, I, you didn't come to church to hear all this bad news, I know. But this is, this is really the, the the value of our money is decreasing while the price of these metals continues to go up. But this, this really is the nature of the human condition, that eventually we have difficulty keeping value in anything. That's why it's important to keep dating your wife, dating your husband. That's why it's important to keep the fire stoked, because after the honeymoon, you find out, oh, this is real life. Okay, this, this isn't like I saw it in the movies. This, this is work. But politicians have, for years and years, chipped away at this great constitution that we have. Some of them today act like it doesn't even exist. But let me just say this to you as as your pastor and as an American, huh? stick to your Bible and to your guns, all right? Because those are your rights. Those are your rights to have those things, okay? And no matter what these bozos say about it, all right, you have a declaration of independence and a US Constitution that ensures you have those rights. Okay? So stick to, guard your guns, guard your Bible, guard, guard your buns. Because the day you give up those rights is the day you become a slave. All right. And I thank God that there are those who are today still willing, even even where we are as a nation, there are still those that are enlisting and, and into our military to ensure and even be willing to lay down their own life to ensure that we stay free, Amen. that we stay, that we remain the greatest nation on planet Earth. Despite the problem, we are still the greatest nation on planet Earth, all right? And we're just one vote away from turning things around. Right. Just ask Donald Trump. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're going to win at everything, and everything's going to be excellent and awesome and great. And... Okay, all right. I'm, I didn't say who I was voting for there. I'm just quoting. To... Okay, the worth... The... <laughs> I'd rather vote for that guy than anybody that's up there. Okay, the worth of something is determined. The worth of something is determined by what somebody is willing to pay for it. What is the church worth to our God? It's worth what he's willing to pay for. The worst kind of person. That's why I'm the worst kind of person doing the worst kinds of things in the earth can get saved. That's a glorious thought. Because God valued them worthy of the blood of Jesus. Not because they were good, but because he's good. Even while we were still sinners, the scripture says Christ died for us. And in his dying, in his dying, the fact that he died, meant all of that was secure for us. All of our sins were really washed away. How did that do that? How did his dying accomplish that? Because Jesus chose to die. His life was not taken from him. He said, no one takes my life from me. I give it. I can give my life. In death, and I can also take it up again. I have the power to do that. And the scripture says that when he did that last cry, it is finished. It says he yielded up his spirit. He gave it up. Because in death, even in death, Jesus wins. Yeah, he was winning in that. I know it's hard to see that. Because we see death as not winning. But in his death, there was winning. And on June the 4th in 1923, an interesting thing happened. A uh, a jockey by the name of Frank Hayes took off <laughs> through the gates at Belmont Park on Long Island. Y'all know the Belmont Stakes? The great horse race happens annually. He and his horse Sweet Kiss made it to the finish line first. There was a bit of a problem though. Something went terribly wrong. Frank died on the back of that horse before he crossed the finish line. And somehow he was able to stay on and finish that race on the horse Only time in sports history did a dead man win something. But he did win. A dead man won the race. And I'm here to tell you today, a dead man won your race today. Hallelujah. He won your freedom. He won your victory in his death. And when we gather together the first Sunday of the month and we take communion, the scripture says we show the Lord's death or we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Because when he died, all the power of, of the devil died that day. And death itself is going to die once for all because of his death. Everything that was contrary to you, even your old nature that day. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, hallelujah, I live. And when he died, praise God, every good thing from God came to you. The curse that was against you, everything was stopped there. And all the blessing of God continued to flow through. That's why you have a right to healing today, because he died. That's why you have a right to prosper, because he died. That's why you have a right to live a blessed life, because he died. Because God loves his church. He proved his love by showing what he was willing to pay for it. We didn't make ourselves worthy, but you are worthy because he said you're worthy. Worth the death of his own son. God loves his church because this is how he adds to his family. God loves his church because this is how he trains and teaches his family. God loves his church because this is the epicenter for faith in the earth. God loves his church because this is where people give testimony of his grace and praise his name. And God loves his church because of the price that he paid for it. Let's pray for a moment. Father, I want to thank you for all these that are here today. Thank you, Lord. I pray that great grace and peace would be multiplied to them now. Lord, whatever difficulty they may be experiencing at this moment, Lord, we know that your word says nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too hard for you. And your word teaches us that you are on our side. You're with us. You are for us. So that we can have all the confidence in the world in you, knowing that whatever... Problem that we are facing right now will turn to good. We will overcome and good will be the end because that's what you cause all things to work together for. For those who love you, those who are called according to your purpose, the end is always good. And I thank you, Lord, that you would help these who are struggling today with whatever it might be, Lord, that they would lift up their eyes to you now, you who are the author and the finisher of our faith that they would see greater is he that is in them than that trouble that they're in right now. Greater is God. Stronger is our God. Mightier is our God. And I thank you, Lord, that you always give hope. You always give us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that your word says you are a very present help in time of need right now in this moment. You're with them. Right now, you're healing. Right now, you're restoring. Right now, Father God, you're helping. Thank you. Thank you for that, that you're faithful. You're faithful to us. And your scripture says, even when we're faithless, you remain faithful, tried and true. And Lord, we know that your word is more powerful than any other word in this world. So we trust your word so that we, we confess your word so that our lives, Lord, will rise to that reality. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your word is eternal. Our trouble is temporary. Therefore, we win. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for, for um, that your people, Lord, when they go from here today, that they will go with that compelling on the inside of them, Lord, as the scripture was read today. It is as though God were pleading through us to tell others, be reconciled to God. May we not be silent in those opportunities to share with others the goodness and to testify the goodness of our God and our lives and to remember no matter who, no matter where, anyone, everyone is worthy. Everyone is worthy because God deemed them worthy. Everyone's worthy to hear this message and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you for now your peace in every home here, in every marriage Lord, in their kids' lives, on their job, in their bodies, Lord, in their sleep at night, that your peace penetrate every dimension of their life. And that it will guide them, be a guiding force against every worry, anxiety, and fear. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.